Well, good morning, church family. As we prepare our hearts to receive the word of God this morning, let's go ahead and bow once more as we commit our time to him. Gracious Father, we are thankful for Jesus Christ, uh, the risen one. Uh, Father, we are thankful that uh, by your almighty power, you raised him from the dead, showing your approval of his once-for-all sacrifice. So through faith and trust in him and him alone, Lord, we can uh, have a righteousness that's not our own. We can have eternal life as opposed to eternal death. Uh, and so, Father, as we uh, continue uh, in the book of Ephesians this morning, uh, we ask that your spirit would be our guide, uh, that he would teach us, uh, that your word would uh, come alive in our hearts and our minds, uh, so that we may love the Lord our God uh, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so, Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, today, we're going to be uh, finishing this uh, aside, this uh, little section of uh, introduction uh, that Paul has uh, been sharing with us as we began the, um, chapter 3 all the way back in verse 1, uh, as we finish out uh, verses 12 and 13 before Paul steps into this prayer that he is going to share on behalf of the believers in Ephesus. And so by way of introduction as well as context, I'll begin reading there in verse 11 and read through verse 13. It says, This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So as Paul has set the stage here and has brought us to this point, this this last thing and uh, what I would consider uh, really a a synopsis of everything that he's talked about in chapters 1 and 2, uh, to prepare uh, the believers here uh, for this prayer that he's about to uh, to step into. Uh, we again see this, this whole theme of in him, in Christ. Uh, and this is important for us to realize because otherwise, uh, anything that we believe, anything that we uh, set our minds to in relation to this great salvation we have, If there is no Christ, if it is not in Christ, then there is no salvation. Uh, There is no eternal life. Uh, A matter of fact, as we find out today in verse 12, we're going to see uh, a beautiful thing uh, transpire uh, as we realize who we are in Christ. That is, it says in verse 12 that we have a boldness, an access, a confidence uh, that uh, we need to define, that we need to take a deeper look at. Uh, so that we can see it in light of the one who gives us uh, all three of those things, that boldness, access, and confidence. And so as we see there in in the beginning of verse 12, uh, and actually at the end of verse 12, you'll notice that it says, in whom and faith in him. So what is sandwiched on either side, or if you want to call them bookends, whatever you want to refer to them is, is in this, this, uh, you know, meaty sandwich, uh, the, the two things that, that hold it all together is Christ on either side. The only reason that we have this boldness, this access, this confidence is because of Christ. 
He is the one that it is in and through. He is the one that holds it together. He is the one that makes it happen. So apart from Jesus, there is no boldness. There is no access. There is no confidence. Uh, because the reason we have these things uh, and why Paul is saying do not lose heart over what he is experiencing uh, is all because of the very presence of Jesus Christ uh, in Paul. Uh, and so let's refresh our memory by just taking a look back at chapter 2 because we need to see, you know, uh, once again, this in him, in Christ. Because verses 4 to 10 give us a, a good uh, synopsis. I'm just going to read it to you and just, just listen to these words as you think about what we're going to look at in verse 12, the in whom and faith in him. It says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we've been made alive with Christ. Our salvation is in Christ. So again, there is no salvation apart from Christ. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. Without God sending his son, Jesus Christ, we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sins. We would still be trying to figure out why we're here. What is the meaning of life? Answering all those big questions that man comes up with trying to you know, justify their existence or justify the existence of others. And so we need to make sure that we don't forget as we take a look at these three different descriptors of what we have is that we don't have them in and of our own power. They're not something that we, you know, manufacture. It's not something that we just, you know, eventually grow into. These things that we have, this, this boldness, this access with confidence is all because of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to keep in mind as we take a look at each one of these. Because otherwise, we can look at these from an earthly perspective through an earthly lens and all of a sudden superimpose that, you know, well, we can come boldly into the presence of God as if we were coming into a presence of some earthly king or some earthly ruler or some earthly leader, you know, just because I, I am my own person and I have a forthright attitude and therefore I can boldly come in uh, because I have the right to do so. Well, see, again, as we take a look at this, we need to see the reason why there's boldness. That's because of Jesus Christ. It's not because of us. You know, it's not something that Paul all of a sudden said, you know, figured out and said, well, you know what, I have the ability to boldly come into God's presence, you know, uh, all by myself. Well, remember, what did Paul already tell us? That he is less than the least of the saints. So someone that sees himself through the lens of holiness, through the, 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 the eyes of God himself, going to just arrogantly come in to the, into the presence of God? Well, I think you know the answer to that. 
So let's take a look at these three things that Paul outlines here that have on either side of it Jesus Christ. The reason we have these is because of him. So verse 12, it says, in whom we have boldness. All right. This word boldness is from the Greek word parousia, which is translated and literally means a free and fearless confidence a cheerful courage or boldness, uh, an assurance or of the undoubting confidence of Christians relative to their f- fellowship with God. So this is not something that, you know, we, because of who we are, because uh, we have a, a, you know, a lofty opinion of ourselves, have the ability to boldly come into the presence of God. See, we need to remember who God is. He is not just some earthly ruler. He is not just our boss at work. And even if we were granted access, do we boldly come in as though we are arrogantly in charge and, you know, we deserve or we have the right to come in here? Okay? It says here that we have a free and fearless confidence relative to our fellowship with God. So how do we have fellowship with God? How do those that are sinful, who are dead in their trespasses and sins, have fellowship with God? Only by God's intervention do we have that privilege. And we need to see it as a privilege, not as, I demand this, therefore I boldly come into the presence of God because, you know, I'm Bill Diggins. All right, we can look back in the Old Testament and see what happens when people boldly do and boldly act, forgetting who God is. See, the reason why uh, Paul is putting forth this in whom we have boldness is not so that we can, you know, feel good about ourselves and feel as though, you know, we have the right to come into God's presence in some arrogant or, you know, uh, imposing way. The reason we can come boldly into the presence of God is because of Jesus Christ. Remember, he's, he's the two bookends. We have this boldness, not arrogance, boldness, this, this free and fearless confidence, this assurance that we can actually come into the presence of the creator of all things. Not just a king, but the king of kings. Not just a lord, but the lord of lords. This is God Almighty. And we've been granted access. We've been granted a boldness because of Christ in us. That boldness comes from Jesus because Jesus is the Son of God. And the reason we can come into his presence and and have a, a boldness, have a free and fearless confidence is because of Jesus. Because no created being is going to come into the presence of the Creator Because what happens when sinful men come into the presence of Almighty God, the one who is holy, holy, holy? His glory pierces them to their innermost being so that they are like Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips. See, the reason we have boldness is because we have Jesus, which is the one who gives us that boldness, but also gives us the access, which brings us to our second word there. It says, in whom we have boldness and access. So this word access is actually prosageie, 
which means or denotes the freedom to enter because of the introduction by someone. Well, that's pretty simple to figure out. Who introduces us in the presence of Almighty God? Who introduces us into the presence of the Father? Well, that is Jesus Christ, the one that we sung about, the one who is the I Am. See, no one else can grant us access into the presence of the Father except the Son. Remember, no one comes to the Father except through who? Me, his Son. Now, this word is not a word that we're unfamiliar with because we've seen this just a little while ago in our our studying the book of Ephesians. Look back at chapter 2, verse 18. You remember I told you this is only, this particular word access is only used three times in the New Testament, two of which are right here in the book of Ephesians. But back in in chapter 2, verse 18, it says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So Jesus gives us this access in one spirit to the Father. All right? It's also used in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. It says, Through him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So this access which we have by faith through our Lord Jesus Christ into the grace in which we stand. See, do you see this introduction? Jesus is introducing us. Jesus is bringing us in to what we would consider the very holy of holies, into the very presence of Almighty God. Because he introduces us. He says, this one belongs to me. Because this one is clothed in my righteousness. This one acted on that gift of faith and has trusted me and me alone for salvation. So that Jesus Christ is now our advocate. is now our mediator. He is our uh, one who comes before us and introduces us. And so the same word is what we see here in verse 12. We have access through our faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do you see how everything revolves around Jesus? See, there isn't any other way to come into the presence of the Creator. Only Jesus. And it only can be Jesus who gives that introduction. It cannot be our good works, being good people, that introduces us into the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords. It can't be our good intentions that introduces us and brings us into the presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords the one who is thrice holy. We need the right individual who has the ability to bring us in and introduce us to the Father. And that is Jesus Christ himself. See, we have been granted access and are able to approach the holy, holy, holy God of all through Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, which we learn from Matthew 27, who is the light of the world, John 8, who is the door and the good shepherd, John 10, who is the resurrection and the life, John 11, who is the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, who is the mediator, 2 Timothy 2, who is the first and last, the living one, and alive forevermore, Revelation 1. See, that's who is introducing you, who is getting, giving you access Access that you cannot have apart from him. There's no jumping over the walls of heaven, even if you knew where it is to begin with. 
There's no back door. There's no secret entrance. Because the only way that you're going to come into the presence of the king, the only way that you're going to come into the presence of the father is through Jesus Christ, his son. That's why he's the way. That's why he's the door. That's why he's the good shepherd. That's why the Father in love sent his one and only Son, so that you, through faith and trust in him, can have access to Almighty God. Think about that for a moment. This is not an earthly king. This is not like being granted the audience to the President of the United States. This is not like being able to go and be in the presence of of the Queen of England or any ruler, or any you know, monarch, or, or whatever you want to look at, any per- person of influence or importance in this world. Because they are still fallible individuals. There are still others that can depose them. They are still vulnerable to death itself so that they are no longer that individual. So those rulers come and go. Kingdoms come and go. You are granted access into the eternal God of all. And that should mean something. That should bring your your heart, your soul, your mind, literally to its knees. To realize who you have an audience with. All because of Jesus. And that should change how we think and, and what we do and what we say. It should affect every aspect of who we are because we've been granted access to be able to come boldly because of Jesus Christ. To not be afraid of what may happen when we come into that access, that introduction that the Son gives. Because what the Father is going to see is his sinless Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't going to bring someone that isn't qualified, who has not been saved, who has not been redeemed into the presence of Almighty God. He brings those that belong to him, the ones that he knows by name. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence. So Paul uses another Greek word here because you might think, well, isn't confidence and boldness, you know, you know kind of the same thing? Well, this is a different Greek word here. Um, it's uh, pepoitheus, or thesis, sorry. Uh, And it literally means a trust or reliance. And I'd like to use an example for you to see uh, this a little bit better uh, by, you know, taking you back to the Old Testament and for you to remember uh, the account of Esther, Queen Esther. You know, you remember that she was married to uh, the king, Ahasuerus. And, you know, as the, the queen and as, you know, you know, the, the wife of the king, She did have access into the presence of the king, but she had to do it under certain rules and regulations. She couldn't just automatically go in and hope that everything would go well. She had access, but she didn't have access with confidence. And she did this twice, as we know in the account of Esther, in the book of Esther, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. And so I want you to think for a moment, you know, when we talk about having access, having Jesus Christ introduce us into the presence of Almighty God, it is access with confidence. It's access knowing what the outcome is going to be. We don't have to worry about Jesus introducing us to the Father, and all of a sudden the Father 
you know, doing something that is unexpected. Back in Esther chapter 4, verse 16, as she found herself uh, on one of these, uh, uh, you know, inter- or gaining access before King Hasuarius, she says, Go, gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. See, Esther had access, but not access with confidence, because she didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But she put herself in that position, and we know how the account actually unfolds. We know what happens to Haman. We know what happens with Mordecai. See, Esther, at a point, even though she had access because she was the queen, and as it says in this account, it was against the law for her to come in in this way, but she did so anyway because she had access, but it wasn't access with confidence because she didn't know what the king would do. See, those who have been forgiven by the great work of Jesus on the cross should not come to God sheepishly. We don't have to worry about, you know, this access that we've been granted, this introduction we've been given, and wonder, well, I wonder how this is going to work out. I wonder if this is going to end well. Because you've got to remember who's doing the introduction. This is not some lowly individual. This is, not, this is not even one of the angels of heaven. This is the Son of God who is introducing you to the Father. Like I said, the son is not going to introduce to the father anyone who is not one of his sheep. He brings into the presence of the father all those who have been washed by the blood of the lamb, who have been redeemed, who have been born again, for us to have that audience with the father we don't come into the, the, the presence of God sheepishly or in uncertainty because their reception is based on their introduction by the very Lamb of God. That's why there's confidence there. Not confidence in ourselves. Our confidence is in Jesus Christ, God's Son. There's no cowardice. There's no weakness because Jesus, who is the high priest, is the one doing the introduction. So therefore, there is an introduction, there is access with confidence. So in other words, we don't need to worry about our reception. Because if the Son of God is the one introducing us, then there's nothing to worry about. Because the Son is going to introduce us as one of his own. And the Father is not going to reject the Son's introduction of anyone that belongs to the Son who also belongs to the Father. So in verse 13, as Paul finishes out, we have another set of bookends here. Because you've got to look back at chapter 3, verse 1. Because this is the beginning of this section, and verse 13 being the end of this section. Verse 1 says, For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. And we talk about, you know, Paul being a prisoner and the fact that he was called by God to do the very thing that he is doing. 
Then we see him finishing out in verse 13 in this section. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you. He's saying, you know, don't lose any sleep over the fact that I am suffering for the name of Christ. Don't, don't worry, don't lose heart because I am a prisoner for Jesus Christ. So what is Paul communicating here? How is he able to say, don't lose heart? When Paul is in prison, when Paul is suffering for the namesake of Jesus Christ. Though he was under arrest, he says, don't lose heart. Well, the question you need to ask is why? Why can he say, don't lose heart? Well, first is because Paul realized this was part of God's eternal plan from the beginning. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, verse 11. See, Paul could see it through eyes of redemption. He could see it through the eyes of God Almighty that everything that he was called to do, even being a prisoner, even suffering for the sake of Jesus Christ, was exactly what God had called him to do. That it didn't matter what men could do to him because he knew that he was safely in the arms of Almighty God. And that he had a boldness and access with confidence because of Jesus Christ. So what can man do to Paul? See, he was in the hands of Almighty God. He was in the presence of God. You know, God had given him a heart and passion for his own people. We know from Romans chapter 9, starting in verse 1, he says, I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience bears witness in the Holy Spirit that I have a great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul's heart going out. He says he would rather be accursed than for his kinsmen to not know Jesus Christ, to not have that introduction into the presence of God to have that access with confidence, to have a boldness not their own, but a boldness in the Savior, the Lamb of God. And we know from verse 1 that he also gave him a heart and a passion for the Gentiles as well. Because he says right there, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. See, God gave Paul a heart for the very people that he was communicating the message of salvation to because he saw it as God's eternal plan from the beginning, because his eyes had been opened, that he had been freed from the bondage of sin and death so that he could live without doubt, without apprehension, without worry, without fret, because he knew he was in the hands of Almighty God. Paul was able to be content even through suffering. We know that from Philippians See, Jesus was his strength, his boldness, his access, his confidence. The thing is, that is the same for you and I here today. Paul was not some special individual that had a different salvation than you and I. Jesus is not different for Paul and different for you and I. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same contentment, the same Boldness, the same access, the same um, confidence that Paul had 
you and I should have as well. That it doesn't matter what's happening in the world around us. That if we are, you know, one of God's children and we are being faithful to to live out the word of God in our everyday lives, it doesn't matter what man can do. Because we have Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the one who has taken away our sins, the one who took our place, who took death upon himself, a death that you and I deserve to free us so that we can see through him that we have a boldness and access and a confidence into the presence of God. Paul understood what the psalmist said in Psalm 37, 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. See, it didn't matter that he was in jail. It didn't matter that he had gone through all of those things that we have listed in Corinthians because he knew the Savior he had been granted an audience with the king of all. That changed Paul. should change us as well. See, he was experiencing the power and the presence of God himself in his life. And that's different from us just living life apart from God. It doesn't mean that people don't have boldness and don't have confidence and maybe are, are sometimes granted access to an audience of people that are powerful and of influence in our world today. But it's not the same. It's not even in the same universe at all. Because we're talking about the eternal God of all. And that should change how you think. It should change what you say. It should change what you do each and every day that you live in light of the fact that you have been granted an audience before the King of kings and Lord of lords. Listen once again to the words of before the throne of God above. That song was picked in particular for today for us to realize the audience that we've been granted, for us to realize all that we have in Christ Jesus. So in light of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, this boldness, this access with confidence, listen to the words once again of the song we just sung a few moments ago. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. When Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there who made an end of all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, My sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness. The great unchangeable I am, the king of glory and of grace. At one with him I cannot die, my soul is purchased by his blood. My life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. 
See, those words are a whole lot more deeper, have deeper understanding, deeper conviction when we realize what Jesus Christ has done for us and on our behalf so that we can have access. And one day when we step over the threshold of death itself, when these physical bodies are no more, when our hearts stop beating in our chest and we find ourselves stepping into eternity, the Son will be right there, giving us a boldness, giving us an introduction with confidence that we know that we can trust the Son to introduce us and to know that the Father will accept us because of the Son of God. It's a beautiful thing to know that we have been granted access, that we could come into the very presence, to be like Adam and Eve going all the way back to the garden that walked with God, to know that we can be in the eternal presence of God Almighty all because of Jesus Christ. In him, we are made alive in Christ. The next couple of weeks, we're going to pause because I want to take a look a little bit more about the presence of God. Because what Paul is talking about here is that he's talking about us being granted an audience to be in the very presence of God. And so I want to take a look at the presence of God from the beginning in the garden all the way through until the culmination where we step over that threshold and are in the very presence of the eternal God forever. For you to see how amazing, how wonderful, how blessed we are. Because if you understand that, that will help you navigate as you live in the world today. Because if you know that the very presence of God through his Holy Spirit who indwells you is with you wherever you go, that's going to change a whole lot in your life. It's going to give you the ability to do things you never thought you could do. It's going to give you the ability to look at the sun in a whole new way. Not just as the one who paid your price, as if, you know, Jesus is some person coming in and paying your debt to a judge because you had a speeding ticket. This is Jesus Christ who took on flesh, who dwelt among us, died on a cross, taking your sin to that cross, The sinless son of God was nailed to that cross because of your sin before a holy God so that he could give you the introduction that only he could give so that you can step into eternity knowing that you are clean and righteous and right with the God of all. Let's bow for a closing word of prayer. Gracious Father, Lord, I ask that you would help us to see the magnitude of this verse today. May we not just take it for granted that we have access into your presence. May we not look little upon the fact that your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, died so he could set us free from sin, not to live as we want to live, or to continue to live in sinful flesh. But to free us 
to give us a righteousness not our own so that we could have an impact on the world around us so that others could experience that freedom through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Forgive us when we don't live as if we are sons and daughters. Forgive us when we don't live as those who have a boldness and an access with confidence into the very throne room, your throne room. Not because of things that we have done, but because of what Christ has done on our behalf. May it change us, Father, for us to realize who we are in Christ Jesus. That it wouldn't just be words, that it wouldn't be things that we hear here this morning and then walk out of this place and just go about living life like it's a Monday morning. Because this reality that we have boldness and Access with confidence into the very throne room of God should affect every aspect, every corner, every attitude, every thought, word, and deed. Because we are communing with the living God, the creator of all things, almighty God, who is eternally God. The one through whom everything has its identity, its meaning, It's life. Because apart from you, Father, there is no life. And apart from your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no life eternal. So, Father, I ask that your Spirit would work mightily in the hearts of every believer here today. That he would encourage us where we need to be encouraged. That he would convict us where we need conviction. So that we can see who we are in Christ Jesus to not think that our salvation is just fire insurance from hell because it is so much more. May we realize that we are in the presence of royalty. Almighty God, we thank you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.